You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. How's everybody doing this morning? That was incredible worship, wasn't it? Oh, so good. Um, well, I am Anita Schwer, and I am so honored and excited to be chatting with you beautiful people this morning. Um, so we're gonna pray first, because I need a little prayer up in her. So everybody just bow your heads. Lord, just thank you for this day, Lord Jesus. I just thank you for every precious woman and man who are here serving you and listening to what you have to say. And Lord, I just pray right now that you settle my nerves, that you settle everybody else's hearts, Lord Jesus, and that only the words that you would have would come out of my mouth. And I just love you, Lord. We just praise you for who you are and what you're doing in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So y'all, I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about myself. So I am Anita Schwer. I've said that a couple of times. Um, But I have a husband and we have pictures. This is my handsome man, Andrew. We have been married for 25 years in July. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. And, it, and he's my best friend, love him. And then I have to show you my two handsome boys. There is Garrett. Garrett is the one with the rooster on his head. He is 22 and he just graduated college. Um, then Owen is 19 and he is a sophomore in college. And um, they're great, they're, they're men now, which is kind of weird, but they're amazing. Next slide. This one's exciting. I'm a mother-in-law. I have a beautiful daughter-in-law. They got married. Garrett graduated. Um, and then five days later, got married. It was a big week. Big, big week. So May 19th, Garrett and Libby got married. And y'all, it's so nice to have a girl in the house. It's like a whole thing. But I will tell you this, I was having dinner with Amy last night and I was like, girls talk a lot. They talk a lot. And I just didn't realize it because I had a house full of boys all this time. So it's so enjoyable. Like I can chat with her. Um, Next, I'm not sure what's next. Will you do the next one? Oh, there's my mom and daddy, because they're the best. I'm a daughter and these are my amazing parents. Um, I'm a business owner. Next, Anita Schwer. Um, I have a business and I help with people, businesses win back their time by helping them automate systems and things like that. So I'm a business owner. And last but not least, Amy and I, my sister, we have a podcast <laughs> called, called the Hot Flash Podcast. And um, we love to debut out some wisdom. Um, tell you our good and bad stories because we certainly have loads of those. And we just wanna encourage you that you are never done and don't give up. God has something for you until you take your last breath. Um, And one of the things that we've coined on our podcast is we're whips. Now, we did look this up in the Urban Dictionary and I think we're okay. But that means we're works in progress, y'all. We are always just going from glory to glory. And so we're all whips. So I'm here as a whip. I'm here, I'm walking this with you guys. And I'm so excited to um, 
bring what God has put on my heart today for y'all. So, okay, I'm just gonna be real. Um, This week, has anybody else had just kind of like a struggle week? Kind of on the bus, like struggle bus week? Y'all, it has been quite a week. Andrew and I actually were able to go on vacation, which was amazing. And we went like, I can't even, I don't even know what day it is. Is this Saturday? Saturday? We went like a week ago, like a week and a half. I don't even know. But we came, second or the last day, um, we're packing up and I'm like, I've got a really weird rash all over me. Like, what the heck? And so we get back home. It was weird, but I was like, I'll be okay. And, um, and I've had weird rashes before. It's weird. So um, it was itchy and it kept getting worse. So on Monday, I went and called my doctor, went in. So I've been on prednisone and very little sleep happens with prednisone. So I've battled being on that, not being able to sleep. um, And it's just been kind of a difficult week. And also like on top of that, you get back into work and it happens to be one of my clients' busiest times, of course, um, which so thankful, but it's just been a battle all week. So I have battled the voices in my head all week long. The things that tell me I am not qualified, I should not be on this stage. Um, Everything that the enemy tells you are the things that I battled, and I'm sure you guys have battled as well. Um, Just all the questions. So I'm gonna start off today with a quote by Louis Giglio, and this is from his book, um, I think it's Don't Let the Enemy Have a Seat at Your Table. It is so good, y'all. It says, the enemy wants to crush you. He wants to steal from you everything you value. He wants to kill everything in your life that is good. He wants to destroy you. And if he can claim victory over your mind, he can claim victory over your life. John 10.10 says it very clearly in the Bible that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So friends, we have to protect our minds. We have to... We have to protect our minds. So what are the voices that you guys hear in your heads? So what are the voices I hear in my head? I asked, I'm, I'm kind of in the social media world, so I asked on Instagram, asked friends, thought about the things that I struggle with, and just came up with a very short list, six of them, but I'm sure there's a ton more that other people have, but I'm just gonna go over the six that I think that are probably more common. Um, The first one is rejection. Anybody battle the rejection voice? Being rejected by friends, coworkers, someone you love, being left out. Somebody didn't text you back, which it's okay. Um, Being fired from a job. Has anybody been fired? I got fired from a job one time and I thought I was going to die. It was like, it was bad. Um, Number two, fear of failure. I am gonna mess up. I'm not good enough. It's too much to handle. I'm not a good parent. I'm not a good spouse. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not qualified. Worry, this is big. You're concerned and all the negative thoughts get in your head like bad things are gonna happen. I I have to battle, this is, I'll be talking about this, but this is one that I battle a lot because 
my kids go and they're grown and they'll go somewhere and I'm like, well, they're dead. They haven't called me. <laughs> Andrew's on a business trip and I hadn't heard from him or hadn't seen his little dot move. And I'm like, well, that's that. I'm just <laughs> gonna plan the funeral now. Um, it's just all those things in your head. Um, it's true, that is not a lie. I'll be like, what is wrong with me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna go get me a beach house. <laughs> oh, never mind, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking, joking, Andrew. Um, negative self-image. I am too fill in the blank. I am too overweight. I am too old. I am too young. I'm too stupid. I'm too dumb. Just fill in the blank. Imposter syndrome, ugh. What are other people gonna think of me? What will someone on social media think of my post? What will my friends from high school think of me? Y'all, I'm about to be on my 30th year reunion and that still runs through my head. What the heck? Um, number six, shame and guilt. How can God ever love me after what happened to me? Did I allow it to happen? Did I deserve it? Should I have done something else? It's all my fault. So the first one we're gonna go back to is rejection. So just to tell you a story, I felt rejection and the story that God kind of brought to my heart was when I had a really dear friend that we'd been friends for years and years. And we would go to coffee and lunch and then I'd keep calling and she'd never re respond back. And I was like, what did I do? Like, what, what happened? I said something wrong. I said something that offended her. What is going on? And the voices in my head were so loud and it just, it, I just couldn't stop it. And it hurt, y'all. I cried a lot of tears over that friendship ending. And God just kind of gently whispered, Anita, but who do I say you are? Who do I say you are? Friends, y'all, friends are gonna come and go like seasons sometimes. All friendships are not made for forever. Um, so we have to remember what God tells us, who we are. And Jessica even said this last night, and you start praying for that person. You don't let that root of bitterness get in your heart because that's where the enemy works. Um, but y'all, the best example of rejection in the Bible is Jesus. He didn't want to have to sacrifice himself to become our sin, to become my sin. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed three times that if God could, would he please take this cup from him? In Matthew 26, 36 through 39, he's going to the Garden of Gethsemane with some of his disciples and he tells them to sit there while they go and pray, while he goes and prays. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is consumed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And then further down in 42, it says again, then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup can, cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. And then in 44, 
He prayed a third time. He went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. At his crucifixion, the Bible says in Matthew 27, 46, that about three in the afternoon, I gotta get a swig, sorry y'all. Sorry, I could feel it. Um, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, I'm not Jewish, so this may not come out right. Lima Sabachthani, I hope I said that right. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We have all felt rejection and there is sometimes no harder sting than that feeling. But Jesus willingly went to the cross so that we could lay all that pain at his feet. And you know what? He is never gonna reject you. He unfailingly loves you. He knows everything about you, the good and the bad, and he still loves you. Fear of failure is the second one. So we're gonna go back to that. And y'all, one of the best examples that I could find in the Bible is Moses. Moses, and just get out your Bible because this one's a little bit long. Exodus three and four, we're gonna go there. And we're just gonna listen in as Moses fights fear of failure again and again with God, who, by the way, is telling him he is gonna go with him and he can do this. In Moses, the very beginning, Moses three, we're just gonna start from the beginning at the burning bush. Y'all, he sees a burning bush. Now that in and of itself should be kind of like, wow, that's like powerful. If I saw a burning bush and then God spoke out of the burning bush, um, and in, in verse four, it says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. And he tells him who he is. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Further on, he talks about how his people are suffering with the Egyptians and that he has a land flowing with milk and honey for them. All they have to do is go into that land and take it with all those Canaanite-ites peoples. Um, and he says, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said, yes. No, he didn't. But Moses, this is 11. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I'm the one who has sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. And then Moses said, okay, I'm gonna go. No, he didn't. 13, it says, but Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel, and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Now you have to remember, Moses grew up Egyptian and he like killed an Egyptian, had to flee, so he's been just a shepherd. 
So God replied to Moses in 14 and he says, you tell them I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. And he tells them again to tell them who he is. And he says, I've been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I've promised to rescue you from oppression in Egypt and I'm gonna lead you to that land flowing with milk and honey and you're gonna have to drive out all those ite people again. And he says, the elders of Israel will accept your message. And then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews has met with us. So please let us take a three day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know, this is God saying this, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. I will cause the Egyptians, this is so cool y'all. I don't know if you've ever read about where they get out of Egypt and Moses goes up on the mountain and then they start to get a little, get a little antsy and get Aaron to do a calf. Um, a golden calf, but this is where they got their, okay, we're just gonna read it. So I thought this was so cool. He says, I will call, so I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kind of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. And Moses was like, okay, I'm gonna go this time. No, he did it. In four, it says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? And so Moses is holding his shepherd's staff and the Lord says, what's in your hand? A shepherd's staff, throw it down. He makes it into a snake. Okay, at that point, I'm out. I'm <laughs> peaced out. But Moses just jumped, he just jumped back. And God said, grab it by its tail. And he turned it back into the shepherd's staff. Miracle one. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. And Moses put his hand in, and when he pulled it out, he's got leprosy on his hand. And God says to put it back in, and he pulls it back out, and it's healthy again. Miracle two. And then, if those aren't good enough, God says, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first and the second, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. This is, Moses was like, okay, God, that's amazing. I saw two miracles and I, I can make blood. This is pretty cool. No, he protested again. In 10, it says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I've never been and I am not now. 
even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. Did Moses go, y'all? I think we've kind of realized that, I mean, he did not go. He still didn't go. He said, again, pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. And then the Lord became angry, which I, as a parent, I would have been angry on like time two. I'd have been like, that is it, we are done. But God is so gracious to us. So he said, all right, he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with both of you as you speak and I will instruct both of you in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And you take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Y'all, Moses just had to go do the thing that God was calling him, telling him again and again to do. He had to choose obedience. Is there something in your heart that you cannot get away from? And if it is, is God challenging you to step out in faith and do it scared? Because if he is, you need to do it. Number three, worry. We've kind of talked about this. I kind of went on a little tangent on that in the beginning. <laughs> but y'all, this is one that I battle with my family, but also I've had health issues over the years. And six years ago, almost, oh my gosh, it is to this day. Six years ago, that's gonna kind of make me cry. I'm just gonna put that out there. Six years ago today, I had back surgery, emergency back surgery. I was in so much pain um, and it didn't work. It worked for 24 hours. It was the best 24 hours of my life. <laughs> and then uh, a month and a half later, I had a second back surgery. Worked for 24 hours. It was amazing. Then it didn't work again. So for six years, I've struggled with some back pain. And so my family, um, likes to lovingly refer to me as the crazy bird lady. Because in my house, I like all kind of bird feeders. I have hummingbird feeders, I have suet feeders, I have squirrel-free feeders that squirrels still get stuff from. Just all kind of feeders. Um, I just love the birds, except crows are not my favorite, but there's a very cool story in Elijah about how the ravens come and feed Elijah. So I kinda got a little bit more endeared to them when I did that Bible study. Um, but my favorites are probably hummingbirds because they're just so cute. Oh. And also we have barred owls that nest in our trees every year and have baby owls. So my guys used to laugh at me when I'd look out the window, um, but now they've embraced it because they know how significant the birds are to me. Garrett and Libby even brought me back a hummingbird book from their honeymoon, which I thought was so sweet. I was so excited. Owen and Andrew tell me um, when a hummingbird is at the feeder 
And we even have different names for the hummingbirds and the owls. There's toothless, that's toothless. And then we have Tom and Jerry. Y'all, I could sit out there for hours watching them. They're so cute. That was Tom and Jerry. This, can you tell which one is which? Yeah. Um, but I love the birds, y'all, because it is a visual, actual reminder of how much God loves me and how I don't need to worry. In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, it says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So if God cares about the birds and the flowers, how much more does he care about us? Negative self-image. We can all fill in a blank here. I am too whatever. I, one of the voices in my head was like, well, I hope I look good up there. I hope the pictures aren't pudgy. You know, <laughs> I'm too, I, I still have ways to go in my health journey. I, I feel like sometimes I'm too old. There's just... Two, whatever, two, fill in the blank. Well, I just wanna speak promises of life, what God says in his word over you, because that is where truth is. So God says in Ephesians 2.10, you are a masterpiece, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are the works of his hands. Psalms 111.7 says, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. You are the apple of his eye. Deuteronomy 32.10 says, he shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye. You are loved with the unfailing love. Psalm 63, three says, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. You are hopeful in the Lord. Psalm 71, five says, for you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. You are covered by his power. Second Corinthians 12, nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You are loved with the everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I've loved you with the everlasting love and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. You are the righteousness of God. 
Isaiah 61.10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord and my soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adores his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. And you are called by name. Isaiah 43.1 says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. God's promises are true, y'all. If we believe in God, we have to believe in what his word says about us. It's either true or it's not. So are you going to believe it? Imposter syndrome, number five. So what are other people gonna think about me? What is someone on social media gonna think about me? (laughs) Um, What is my friends from high school 30 years ago gonna think about me? It sounds silly, but who struggles with that? Like that is a real thing. There's sometimes that in in my own business, like I know I'm a smart woman. Like I have some smarts on me, I can do things. But like talking to a new client in a discovery call, I'm like, I don't think I can do this. And it's so silly. Even with our podcast, like we'll tell stories and then we'll look at each other and go, well, I feel like a big old fraud because we're still struggling with whatever we're talking about. But the thing about it is y'all that our heart, my heart is for my story to help somebody else. Our stories are what God gave us to help people. Don't miss out on sharing your story with someone because you allow the enemy to question your authority. In Revelations 12, 11, God tells us that the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Your testimony has power. And that's why the devil doesn't want you to speak it. That's why he says all those voices in your head. But you have the authority to put him in his place. My friend Donner over here likes to tell him to go straight to hell. That's what you can do. And tell your testimony or whatever it is God's laid on your heart. And y'all, let's just be real honest. If my friends come walking in here from high school from 30 years ago, and I still talk to like five of us, there's five of us that we still chat, but they're not gonna say I'm unqualified because I'm a different person than I was then. I'm not the same person I was. And it's just a huge lie from the enemy to keep you silent. And in the words of Eleanor Roosevelt, these are very wise words. You wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realized how seldom they do. She she was like, brought that. Uh, Okay, shame and guilt. How can God ever love me after what happened? Did I allow it to happen? Did I deserve it? Should I have done something else? It's all my fault. I wasn't living a right life. I messed up. I'm too far gone. I've had all those questions, y'all. I didn't live right when I was younger and I have consequences and things in my heart that I have to work through. But I love the example that God gives in the Bible with the first people he ever made. With Adam and Eve, when they ate the fruit, They hid from him. And he asked them, like, where are you? Like, he didn't know where they were. He was, I think that's just kind of kindness, you know? Um, 
And he said, Adam says, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Well, who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? So y'all, they felt shame and hid from God and God gave them consequences. You might have consequences, but consequences are very different than shame and guilt. So what God did after that, after he did have to take them out of the garden, he had to remove them. Childbirth got painful. Ah. And they had to toil the fields. It was no longer the way God had initially planned it. But in Genesis 1.21, I think this is show, so shows how beautiful and gracious God is because it says, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Everything you have ever done, God already knew about it. And he still sent Jesus to the cross to take on your sins. He loves us so much. And the Bible says that nothing can separate us from his love. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So y'all, I have a big question for you. How are we gonna combat the voices in our heads? It's just very simple. We have to take captive every thought that is not true and that does not line up with God's word, which is the truth. And when I was younger, I thought like being a Christian, if I'm a good Christian, if there's like a good Christian kind of thing, like I was like, well, if I've dealt with something, I'm not gonna deal with that again. But that is not true. The enemy knows the things that, that can trigger us, that can, can get us, the things that we deal with in our head. So sometimes it might be one time, but it might actually be a day in and day out, minute by minute, second by second battle. We have to lay all of that at the feet of Jesus and remind the enemy, I've closed that door and I've given it all to Jesus. I'm as white as snow and you are not allowed to take me there again. Period, period. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. In the Greek, that word renewal means a change of heart and life. And funny enough, that word comes from the Greek word, which means renovation. So Titus 3, 4 through 6 says, but when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. And he generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. So I have an easy acronym for you to be able to battle this. 
And I did not make it up. I saw it somewhere. Psalm, I think it was Psalms 31 ministry. So shout out to them. Um, but what we have to do, y'all, we have to move. So M, we have to meet with God. When we are starting to hear those things in our heads, the first thing we need to do is take it to Jesus. We can't, we can't take it to our friend. We can't take it to our spouse. We need to take it to the Father that knows us and that is truth. So you open your Bible and you ask God to transform your mind or you have um, scriptures in your heart. And that way you have your weapons. You are able to fight the things that the enemy is throwing at you. I even have visual reminders all around my house. Like my boys are like, oh my gosh, there's one more scripture. But like my whole computer is like, that's how they talk too. They talk like this. <laughs> they don't talk like that. <laughs> but I have them everywhere because it's visual for me. I'm a visual person. So when I see that scripture on my computer screen and on, well, at the bottom with all the post-it notes, but that, that reminds my heart who I am, who God says I am. Oh, we have to own our story Instead of hiding or denying your past, share the good news of God's redemptive power, y'all. If that is what God is telling you to do, don't be like, like let's be careful with that. Um, but you share with other people how God didn't give up on us and he's never gonna give up on us. Don't be too proud to tell other people how God's changed your heart and your life and how he continues to work in you. Those testimony videos yesterday, that is the greatest example. All those brave women. That is what people need to hear, authenticity. They need to know that you're being real with them. V, we're gonna veto the negative thoughts. Conviction of sin comes from God, which leads us to confession and repentance. That is not a bad thing. Second Corinthians 7.10 says, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. So there's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But shame comes from the enemy, our accuser. And that leads us to despair, doubt, and insecurity. Colossians 1.22 says, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he's brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. So this tells us that God grants us freedom when we know him, when we have, have him in our heart in full forgiveness and we are never accused again, never. And then the last one is E. We're gonna elicit help. And this goes back to what Jess talked about last night, y'all. We need Christian community to speak the truth in our lives and we have to listen. We need to pray, we need people to pray with us and we need people to hold us accountable, even when it's hard. So we can't fight the battle alone. We have to call on others in Christ to help us walk in truth. Second Corinthians 10, three through five says, for though we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. 
The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which surpasses all those voices, his peace is gonna guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. So here's the last part of that Louis Giglio quote. But you don't have to let the enemy get a foothold. For you have been invited to an intimate relationship with the Almighty. Your good shepherd has set a table before you and the enemy has not been invited to join. So my question, y'all, you were given a name tag when you came in. And it's like the old school, like, hello, I am name tag. I, I kind of dug that. So right now, I want you to pull that name tag out. And I want you to write on it any lie that the enemy has been saying to you. I am too far gone. I'm too old. I'm too young. I've done too much wrong, Anita. I'm too broken. I'm too not lovable. I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm not too lovable. That's a thing. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Any lie that you are hearing, I want you to write it down on that name tag right now. If you have to use the front and the back, just do it. And then after you're done, there is a, a basket right here in the front. And I want you to boldly come to the front, y'all, because this is a step of faith. And we're gonna exchange those lies for a new name. I'm gonna give you a new name tag. Amy's gonna bring those up. And that is a truth that God says about you. And y'all, this is all God, because we are just gonna hand it out and whatever you get is what you need. God knows what your heart needs today. So my final question to you guys is, what name have you been hearing in your head that you need to exchange for the truth. I want you to be bold and come do that right now. And if anybody doesn't know Jesus, this is your time to have a savior come into your heart that loves you. If you don't know Jesus, I will pray with you right now. Anybody will pray with you because you cannot have hope without Jesus. That is who gives us hope and life and that is the first step to being able to move into doing the renewal of your mind. So you guys come on up, put the old lies in here, and we're gonna give you a new truth that God says about you. This might take a second, y'all. Oh yeah, oh, here we go. Too many people. No, I love it.
All right, y'all, there's still a couple more people, but that new name tag, and I don't even know what you got. We prayed over those before, before this happened, but God has something for you with that new name. Just know that you have to renew your mind. You have to go to Him, and you have to have His truths in your heart to be able to do those things. So let's, say, let's pray. Oh. All right, Lord, just thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for bringing how we are supposed to renew our minds, Lord Jesus. Help us to think on only your truths, Lord God. And we just thank you and praise you that every one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. We are not by accident. We are here at this time for such a time as this, like it says in Esther, Lord. All of these women have so much to give, Lord Jesus, and I would just pray boldness and courage over each and every one of them. If there is something in their heart, if there's a moment when they have a friend or a neighbor that they need to just feel the, they feel like, you almost feel like you're gonna throw up, Lord, that you would just give them the boldness to tell of you and how wonderful you have been to them, Lord Jesus, because that's what the world needs to hear. We just praise you and we thank you for you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.